0: Welcome to day 107 of Shaped by the Word, the drama of Scripture, making a quantum leap, you know, through the book of Joshua. Uh, We explored, you know, the crossing of the Jericho, uh, the Jordan River, you know, the conquering of Jericho, Uh, the frustration of defeat and I, and of course, the renewal of the covenant, Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim, you know, as they go into the land. And there, there will be many, you know, stories that repeat along, you know, that line as the land is is conquered uh, and, uh, you know, people, uh, God drives out Israel's enemies. There's there's some unfaithfulness, so there's a few enemies, there are pockets of enemies that are left and they're going to play a major part in the story, you know, as we move forward. But we come to the end of the book of Joshua and uh, we are going to talk about his Preparation for the next generation to go into the land, and it will be a ragged transition from Joshua as we move um, in the latter part of the week, you know, to the book of Judges. Um, Before we read Joshua chapter 23, as always, we offer ourselves in this moment uh, to the Lord, knowing what a privilege it is for us to to read the story, to hear the story. Uh, We may not always comprehend it, and it may, you know, sometimes. Um, Causes to be a bit off balance, but it nevertheless is, is God's word and is there for our edification. Paul would later say, you know, to Israel, these things were uh, happened to them and were written down for us as examples. On whom the fulfillment of the ages has come, so we read these peop- uh, we read these stories about these people as those who have come into the fulfillment of what God is doing through them. So we offer the moment to the Lord. Uh, david i'm paul kemp by the way here with uh katie kresge matt kresge and david keith and david why don't you lead us in prayer
1: yeah let's pray father we thank you for uh, another day um, spent in, in your word um, thank you so much for the grace of your scriptures um, the beauty of the history of redemption that we see unfolding as we see your faithfulness your covenant love towards your people and so we thank you so much for what we've seen so far, as we've seen you dealing in, in many ways with the ups and the downs of your people, but all the time uh, we see uh, the beauty of, of who you are and your heart towards them. And so we thank you so much that in Christ Jesus we see the same, your heart towards us, the, the beauty of your love. And so help us to uh, have hearts even if we feel far from you or, or distant from you now. Um, may you bring us in near to to kind of marvel and to gaze and to have our hearts renewed and refreshed in in the beauty of this uh story of of a redemption that, that points us towards christ and so thank you so much for all that you're doing uh, may you shape us by your word today we praise all in the name of jesus amen Joshua
0: chapter 23, after a long time had passed and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, but then a very old man summoned all Israel, their elders, leaders, judges, and officials and said to them, I am very old. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all the nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember how I have allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the land of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered between the Jordan and the Mediterranean Sea in the West. The Lord your God himself will push them out for your sake. He will drive them out before you, and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. be very strong be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. do not associate with these nations that remain among you do not invoke the name of their gods or swear by them you must not serve them or bow down to them but you are to hold fast to the lord your god as you have until now the lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations to this day no one has been able to withstand you One of you routes 1,000 because the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised, so be very careful to love the Lord your God. But if you turn away and ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, and if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will become snares and traps for you, whips on your back and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Now I'm about to go the way of all the earth, you know, with all your heart and soul, that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled, not one has failed. But just as all the good things the Lord your God has promised you have come to you, so he will bring on you all the evil things he has threatened until the Lord your God has destroyed you from the good land he has given you. If you violate the covenant of your Lord, which he commanded you and go and serve other gods and bow down to them the lord's anger will burn against you and you'll quickly perish from the good land that he has given you so we have the first part of uh, joshua's instruction and of course it does hit the note that we've talked about in the last several podcasts you know god's glory in both rescue and blessing his people but also his glory in judging his, his people and uh, we even you know, hear from the prophets that uh, judgment must begin with the house of God. If God is a just God, he will hold his people accountable as well as holding the nations accountable. And uh, so his promises not only include his blessing, but a certain opposition to those who are unfaithful to them. He's driving the people of the land out because they have defiled the land. But certainly if his people defile the land with their evil practices, he will use the nations to drive them out. So you'll see a reversal of that in the judgment, and Joshua predicts it. Uh, Moses has already predicted it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know Solomon will predict it. You know from uh, the temple when the temple was built. So you hear this over and over. You know again as part of the the rhythm of that. So when we come to uh, Joshua twenty three, after jetting through the conquest of the land with a few (laughs) uh, a few pockets remaining, what are some of the things that stand out in the reading?
1: One of the things I really liked, and we talked about it several podcasts ago but even at the start as we're looking at the start of chapter 23 you know after a long time had passed the lord had given israel rest from all their enemies around them and i remember you know as we went through the book of hebrews as a church just recently that one of the passages i actually got to teach on was out of hebrews 4 where the author of hebrews is kind of taking this idea of rest and we've spoken about it before but you know, if we don't know the rest of the story, we know that this actually wasn't a true rest, you know, for God's people, because, you know, the author of Hebrews even tells us, for if Joshua, who we've been reading about, had given them rest, God would not have spoken about a later day to come, there remains then a Sabbath rest, you know, for the people of God. And so just really enjoy as we were looking at this and we're seeing the promised land coming and we're seeing this rest given to the people of God, that there's still, even if they thought this was a good rest, which it might have been, right, there was even a better rest, to come that wasn't this rest of a of a promised land or a, a land or even a day but a rest that would come you know in a person like we've been talking about which i think we definitely see highlighted in jesus's call you know come to me all who are weary and heavy burned and i'll give you rest rest for your souls right and so there's as much as this kind of rest is here it's a, it's a temporal rest and there's which kind of points our hearts and reminds us of a, the better rest to come yeah. in Christ. And, and,
0: and, and further than that, not only is it a temporal rest, you know, which which is a, you know, a sure rest, resting in the good things that you know that God has has given us. It's not ultimate rest, but it's also a, a rest that uh, will be interrupted time and time again by unfaithfulness. Mm-hmm. So we cannot be at rest with God when we're being walking in unfaithfulness to God. And, of course, you know, what David was alluding to is the fact that uh, you know, the writer of Hebrews uses Joshua as a type of Jesus, which, interestingly enough, they, they shared the same name in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. It would be Yesh, Yeshua. Uh, Yeshua. And, of course, that would be uh, Jesus' name as well. Uh, which means the one who who saves or one who rescues. And as you you bring it in, you know, as you you, you bring it in, the conquering of the enemies of Israel, the physical enemies, is a, a type of the conquering of the spiritual enemies that we face and the rest that he ushers us into is the sure work of of Christ on our on our behalf. Mm-hmm. So in the same way God has driven out the enemies, he has conquered sin and death and those are right against us. And given us an opportunity to rest in his his salvation, which sometimes we do not mm-hmm. because our unfaithfulness robs us of his rest.
2: Mm-hmm. I think for me what stands out in this passage is chapter, or chapter, verse 6 um, when he says be very strong, and Joshua's giving them these instructions, be very strong and be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. And I just, it struck me that, you know, we we think of strength as a physical strength, and that's not at all what he's really talking about here. He's talking about being strong to resist the temptation to worship other gods or to even look around to see what's out there, you know. Um, just keep your eyes on the Lord and his word and what he has done for us. Um, in verse 8, but you are to hold fast to the Lord, your God, as you have until now. Um, and then he goes on telling what the strength that the Lord has for them that, you know, one of you can route a 1,000 because he fights for you just as he promised. So it's just, um, it's, to me, it's interesting that we would assume that him talking about strength is going to be more of a physical warfare type strength, but no, their strength is found in the Lord their God, and they need to keep their eyes in faithfulness.
0: Him. And, of course, Paul, when he's talking about, uh, you know, the spiritual enemies arrayed against us, his first statement is be strong in the Lord and in the might of his power. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly, you know, what is implied here. The strength here is the strength to uh, be very careful to love the Lord your God. I love that language. Mm-hmm. Uh, be very careful to love him, to hold fast to him. You know, those are the two, you know, kind of descriptors he uses. And it does, you know, it does take deep courage uh, you know, to follow God in Joshua's generation and our generation as well, it's uh, it's uh, is not really for for wimps. Yeah. We yeah. do have strong opposition. We do have you know, many you know many things around us you know to distract us. So staying strong in the Lord is is a call, yeah. you know, that all of us have and, and, and something we do have to fight for. And it, it's kind of crazy because we both fight for it and rest in it, yeah. mm-hmm. which is you know the huge you know, the huge yeah. paradox of the truth of the gospel. That's what
3: I love. I mean, Josh was going out, right? He's a very old man. Like, I mean, what a speech to be able to give to the people. So what do
0: you think is about my age? <laughs> yeah. He's actually 50 <laughs> years <laughs> older than me.
3: pretty real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's pretty crazy, isn't it?
3: Yeah, so you're just a young man. You. And you know, but by then it was a very old man and, and he's given this yeah, you know, kind of summon call to the to the nation of Israel, and, and what a testimony to say the Lord your God has been faithful. He's fought for you. You've seen His acts. Every one of His good promises has you know has not failed. They're they're coming about, and and just calling this nation to, to be reminded one to look backwards at all that God has done, to look backwards at how He's fulfilled the promises, you know, and and begin to receive those in the presence present. But also, you know, and this is what you were just saying, Paul. He then calls them to also obedience, you know, that because God has been faithful, because he is fulfilling promises, doesn't permission them to license. It doesn't permission them to then live however they want to live or to live as every other nation is living. In fact, there's, a, you could even argue, a greater responsibility to live in light of the promises that God's fulfilling. It makes me think of even, um, you know, kind of fast-forwarding to the New Testament and Paul. The Apostle Paul telling us, you know, should we continue to sin that grace may abound? You know, by no means. By no means. Because God has fulfilled promises in Christ Jesus, you know, and because we're the recipients of those things, it, it shapes our life. It, it calls for obedience. You know, it yeah. doesn't. We don't just get to bank on the promises of Jesus and then live however no, we want no to. No, there's no doubt.
0: And, and while you fast forward in the New Testament, I uh, fast reverse. Uh, to originally what we were created for—to be a reflection of God's heart and character—and steward the resources, you know, that He has given us for His glory and, and, and the benefit of others. And uh, so, what we were called to be, you know, even on Mount Sinai, a mm-hmm. uh, holy nation and a, and a royal priesthood. For me, yep. and Peter says, fast forwarding now, uh, you know, to declare you know the glory of His praise. Mm-hmm. And and so we were called not to simply enjoy the privileges of our salvation but to reflect uh, the beauty of our salvation mm-hmm. uh, around them and that and that is you know part of what the the law is about it's not this tedious list of rules that you have to hold your mouth right around it, it is a reflection of god's character heart and character among a people that was to distinguish them from everyone else in grace mm-hmm.
1: yeah and you gotta love what god's doing here is even in that phrase in in verse 12 you know if you turn away and we've We've seen the results of what turning away from God looks like all throughout the narrative of Scripture. As Adam and Eve turned away, as the people of Israel turned away, we've seen the disastrous results for that. But then in Christ Jesus, we're seeing the renewal of God's people, not to be people who've turned away and experienced those terrible results, but as you're saying, Paul, people who are now being renewed and restored to reflect the heart and the character of their Savior. And so it's that kind of transition of being the people who've turned, which we all have but then now being renewed and restored back into the image and likeness of our Savior. And so I love just kind of the reversal that God's doing with people who've turned away now making them into a people who can reflect him.
0: And now uh, there's no doubt that, uh, and, and again, we want to remember you know, that God is a God who is glorified both in his, his, his judgment and his blessing. We can know him as our judge or we can know him as our rescuer. And uh, what a beautiful thing to rejoice in that uh, Christ Himself has removed us from the curse mm-hmm. uh, of the law mm-hmm. so that the blessings promised Abraham might be realized fully in us. Father, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for everything you've done to rescue us uh, from uh, the curse of the law and, 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 of course, your righteous judgment against our sin and our rebellion. Uh, against you. Thank you that you did not allow our sin to be the final paragraph in the story of our lives, but you sent your Son to take on the likeness of sinful flesh in order to bear the sins of many. Thank you for the great salvation we have. May our lives be a reflection of your heart and character and the salvation that you so graciously have given us. In Jesus' name,
1: amen.